Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. Today in the studio. Hi, this is Lawrence O'Donnell, and I just finished recording the audiobook, Every Word of Playing with Fire, my second book. I'm happy to say the first one was written decades ago. I wasn't sure there would ever be a second book. Playing with Fire is set in the 1968 presidential campaign. But the book is about nothing less than life and death, because that's what was at stake in the 1968 presidential campaign. Candidate rose up to run for president saying, I want to stop the war in Vietnam. Elect me president and the war stops. And other candidates stood up saying, I want to continue the fight against communism in Vietnam, in effect. And what you have in this story is a drama of Shakespearean dimensions with characters who are the most colorful and lively presidential candidate characters that we've ever had, with the exception of that one stunningly, weirdly colorful character who ran in 2016. I wrote the book because I've done so much writing in the political arena both in fiction and nonfiction, my fiction writing being television drama as a writer for The West Wing. And there were plenty of times when I was writing scripts for The West Wing that I was thinking of the people who are actually in this book. I was using Eugene McCarthy as a model in my head for a particular moment, or Bobby Kennedy as a model in my head, or Ronald Reagan. And so I guess I'd always subconsciously felt that having played around with them as fictional inspiration, I should sometime actually turn to them and see how much real drama they produced in their own presidential campaigns. And it is really extraordinary. I was actually inspired by writing on the West Wing to look at politics in a different way, to look for the drama. And there's plenty of it to find in 1968. The great thing about it is you don't have to look very hard. It just leaps out at you. And I ended up learning so many things about the campaign that I didn't know. Narrating the audiobook was the scariest part of this whole process. I did not think I could do it. I have been an audiobook fan since I think audiobooks were invented. I love them and I look at them as a completely different product from the book on a page. The great audiobooks are wonderful dramas. They are the very best version of radio drama that was before my time. And I've been listening to them for years knowing that there is tremendous artistry involved and that there are real actors doing beautiful work in presenting these books. And great directors like my director, Scott Sherratt, who kept telling me at the beginning of this that I could do this when I kept telling him I can't do this. And I felt I couldn't do it because I didn't believe I was a good enough actor to do it, a good enough presenter of this material, but I also worried tremendously that my voice just wouldn't hold up. In doing my live television show weeknights at 
10 o'clock, there are plenty of times by 10.03 where I feel like my voice isn't going to make it through this hour. And I do different things to try to disguise my vocal problems. And during the commercial breaks, I'm always taking care of my voice with lozenges and hot water and all of that. And I have enough of a struggle making it work for an hour of television every night. I just absolutely did not believe that my voice would make it through this process. And oh, by the way, at the end of every day of narrating this audiobook for hours on end, I would still have to do a live television show at 10 o'clock and my voice would have to work. So this is the miracle to me. I knew I could write a book. I didn't know I could narrate a book. And so this is always going to be my favorite version of the book. There are, of course, unanticipated problems like pronunciation, which never occurs to you when you're writing. You know, there are these Vietnamese names in the book that I stumble upon and realize, oh, I've never said that name out loud. And the single most difficult name was a Chinese name, Anna Chenault's name that she was born with in China before she married her way into having the name Anna Chenault. And Anna Chenault is the movie character in this book. Anna Chenault comes into this book very late, and it almost feels like an old-fashioned Hollywood screenwriting device. The mysterious Asian woman enters the plot at the darkest moment and steers us in the darkest direction. And the direction Anna Chenault is steering us in is a crime that was committed to win the presidency in 1968 And it is the most grievous, most serious crime ever committed by a presidential campaign. Lyndon Johnson, sitting in the White House when he discovered it, called it treason. That's the kind of drama that I didn't even know I was getting into when I set off to write this book because I didn't know about that story until my research dug it out. I guess the thing I'm proudest about the audiobook is that I got through it. It's as simple as that. It's like, how do you feel, you know, when you've trained for four months and you're not really a professional runner and you manage to finish the Boston Marathon in like 11 hours or something? You feel thrilled because you finished. And so that's where I am on this. I'm just thrilled that I'm finished. It really did seem impossible to me, and I'm not exaggerating this at all. It really did. I have to say, though, in my life, I've done a few things that I did not know how to do before I did them, and I do get a kind of energy out of that that I'm familiar with, this jumping off a cliff thing, uh, and I don't know how this is going to work. And I haven't had that in a while. I think the last time I had it was when I signed on to uh, anchor a nightly show on MSNBC. I didn't know how to do that, but it turns out that it came to me somehow. At least I know how to do it to the point where it's acceptable. It's done better, and it's done better the hour before me by Rachel Maddow, who is absolutely brilliant at it in every way. But this thing of jumping off a cliff into something I've never done before is an experience I've had a few times. This one was, I have to tell you, the one that scared me the most. And so my huge excitement about it is that I finished. Of course, this audiobook could have been done better. My very first choice to do this audiobook would, of course, 
be Martin Sheen, not just because he's my friend, but I've heard Martin narrate documentaries, and he just has the perfect tone for this kind of material in particular, adding to it that Martin Sheen was close to Bobby Kennedy, knew him well, loved Bobby Kennedy, I mean loved him, that Martin would have such a beautiful personal connection to all of the material in this book, not just the drama, but all of the moral principles that are on the table in this election. The life or death issue that the country was facing, these are issues that Martin took a stand on at the time. And I think all of that would enrich what would be just a much better sounding book if Martin Sheen had done it. And really, if Martin had no connection to the material, it would still be better because I just love the sensitivities that his voice has and the range of expression that he has. And there are moments in this book where I have to read the lines of the president of the United States and more than one president of the United States. And I just, I don't have a presidency in me. And we know that Martin does. There's no voice, no character in this book who, when quoted, wouldn't be better played by Martin Sheen than by me. And we're stuck with me because I'm what we could afford. <laughs> the one thing I said to myself, the one thing I tried to relax myself with was just pretend you're reading to Elizabeth. My daughter Elizabeth, to whom I read countless times from Goodnight Moon to all those things that we've all read, I tried to tell myself that's what I was doing, and it's made easier by the fact that the dedication of this book, the first words I said in the audiobook were for Elizabeth, and I tried to have that in my head as much as I could when I needed to relax about this, when I needed to tell myself, okay, come on now, just clear your throat and start reading. You've done this before. You've done this in Elizabeth's room. That was my performance note, if we can call it that. The other thing I did in preparation for this, in my nervousness that was way beyond nervousness into high anxiety, was I searched for the audiobook that I thought could give me what I needed for this book. And I went back to listening to John Heilman and Mark Halperin's book about the 2008 presidential election, because this is, after all, a book about a presidential campaign year, and Game Change is a wonderful book about the presidential campaign year. And I had read Game Change on the page and learned a tremendous amount about that campaign and about those candidates. And so I've been walking around with the earphones in, listening to the brilliant narration the narrator, Dennis Boutsikaris, does this fantastic thing vocally that I, I can't do. I tried a little bit of it, I guess, but he lets you know you're in a quotation. When Barack Obama speaks, he goes into a different speed and tone to convey Barack Obama without ever attempting to sound like Barack Obama. And in the very next moment, he's doing the voice of Hillary Clinton without ever attempting to sound like Hillary Clinton. And yet, 
each one of those voices is a different person every time. He has to do Bill Clinton. He has to do John Edwards. He has to do this long list of characters. He just manages to deliver each one of them as separate living dialogue players. And it really is, as you study it, like watching one of the great pitchers of all time, you know, coming in with a fastball and then a slider and then a curveball and even having a knuckleball ready to go once in a while. And and so I've become a student of audio books primarily through listening to Game Change. It taught me a lot about how to do this. As I say, I can't believe I've come to the end of it. And I have to say, coming to the end of doing the audiobook was a more emotional moment for me than coming to the end of the actual writing. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.